Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to BYT Radio. My name is Brandon Weatherby. BYT Radio stands for Brightest Young Things Radio. Brightest Young Things is an arts and culture website based out of Washington, D.C., with a presence in New York and Chicago. BYT Radio streams every Thursday on Full Service Radio, which is broadcast out of the line in beautiful Adams Morgan in Washington, D.C. This episode is a pretty fun one. I chat with BYT contributor Matt Byrne about the Grammys and the lack of buying music and whether that's good or bad for the music industry. And I promise it's not just a two, uh, two gentlemen that are negative. It's actually not negative at all. Uh, there's a lot of positive stuff that I did not see coming, and that's why I record these intros after I do the show because I don't want to script everything out. You didn't need to know that. For more of Matt's writing, go to BritishJunkThings.com. Without further ado, here's Matt Byrne and I. Do the Grammys matter when no one is buying music? Because it's award season, I'm questioning my mortality. Is that normal? I think it's got to be. As, as the years go by, uh, they, they they just keep coming out with bands, and uh, they don't stop, you <laughs> yes. know? The Grammys are this weekend, and I I think I remember the last time I legitimately cared about the Grammys. All right. Uh, I don't know if I do. <laughs> you might not have ever. Uh, I hated the Grammys as a like a, a preteen, teen, early teens yeah. because they didn't yeah. like Nirvana. So I was right. get out of here, you, yeah. you, you not good people. But the year Kanye performed "Jesus Walks" and mm. was nominated for the first time, I was super into the Grammys and I loved it. And his performance was great. And uh, since then, nothing bad has happened to award shows yeah. or Kanye West. Yeah, no, right. I uh, I feel like now that you mention it, I think the last time, like, or maybe the the most important interaction that I've had with the Grammys was when I was, you know, something like nine or ten years old and just kind of figuring out what music was and what I liked and stuff. Is that like I I had bought like a couple of now that's what I call music compilations mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and you know. Uh, also, along it, it, during that period, uh, I grabbed a, a CD compilation of um, various Grammy winners from that year. Oh, okay. So it's like the the song that won best uh, pop song, best alternative song, so on and so forth. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but it was definitely I was probably in middle school and just trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Did any of that guide your 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 life? Because unfortunately, yeah. music has guided so much of my life. Yeah, I Com- think but really quick, was a cult. commercial music. Oh, yeah. Commercial yeah, music com- has yeah, guided so absolutely. much of my life. I think there was a Coldplay song, like maybe like Yellow or, you know, something from the very first record of theirs. So that's 2000. In, in, yeah, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, through however, uh, Coldplay kind of leads to things like Radiohead because they're, you know, just they were in those days very much... Uh, uh, called a Radiohead ripoff, which sure. is kind of funny to think about now. Um, but yeah, I, that that led me in that direction of listening to, uh, you know, boring white guy music. And uh, here we are. I would venture to say that Coldplay is less boring white guy music than the music you legitimately love now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. I'm going to say that Destroyer is one of your top ten artists. That's that's correct. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, same page. Uh, and, and not same page at all. I completely dislike Destroyer. I'm the outlier. Okay, continue now. It's the 62nd Annual Grammy Awards this weekend, and... I didn't really care about talking about this at all. Uh, I'm not really following it. I'm not opposed to modern music in any way whatsoever. In fact, I enjoy mm. uh, most of it. I probably enjoy more of it than I did when Kanye performed that one year. I am way less passionate about what's right and what's wrong. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I was looking for the first time right before we recorded this, like what's nominated, and uh, I'm pretty okay with everything, <laughs> which is not necessarily yeah. the best thing to do. But that makes me question my age, hence the mortality question. When I was like 18, 19, 20, I think I was both the target demo, but I was also the thing that the giant machine was trying to suck my blood from. Like I was the youth blood that fueled this inherently Mm. evil machine. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And now I'm at this age where like, this isn't for me. I know it's not for me. Is this for kids? Because no kid buys anything. No, and they, they, I don't. Do kids watch the Grammys? Is there like exactly like a so like once a again high school sophomore? Who yeah. is this for? If no one's buying anything, right? I mean, I think it's the same. And they just released the uh, the uh, nominations for the Oscars uh, a week or two ago or whatever. So I think it's the same for uh, the people that watch that. People watch for the performances and the the you know inevitable shit that happens at the grammys you know it's just another uh event for uh you know people to either have folks over and watch the the stuff or tweet about or whatever i i don't think um there are a lot of uh like music fans or or whatever uh that are really you know living or dying on, on what uh number one gets what it is music yeah. bigots it is music's bigots night and uh now That's i can't true. make fun of that because i'm the one who I, butchered that catchphrase and number two i completely disagree with the film comparison the difference being is for the record of the year i could now put on spotify Mm. the one two three four five six seven eight songs that are nominated for record of the year and tell you what i think about those eight songs within roughly 32 minutes right i can't tell you what i think of all the best pictures until i actually see all the best pictures and there are certain films that will be seen because they were nominated parasite is probably the best example where this there's no barrier for me to go on youtube and watch this if you pay for spotify you could skip the ad and listen to all these songs the barrier for entry in films is so much greater but the reward is so much deeper so for this i i do not understand it i don't and i I can't agree with the performance of it because Yes, if I if something crazy happens, it inevitably will be on YouTube or it will be on Twitter or right. on some other s- platform. Why will I have to watch this live once again? Who is this for? Yeah, and uh, just jumping off of that as well, like uh, getting a nomination for uh, in in something like the Oscars, like with Parasite or whatever, it's a huge uh, in terms of exposure and getting people to. It's a legitimizer for a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's good or bad is whatever. But like, I don't think. Um, being nominated for uh, even, you know, record of the year, album of the year, whatever, really, I mean, there's probably some impact on, I guess, what, record sales? Who's by, but, like, they're, they're the, the, the impact on the individual artist feels, at least uh, superficially, uh, way less significant. So you used to work in a record store not that long ago. Right, yeah. Did, did award shows in any way affect buyers? 
I think the one, uh, the, the, the like alternative album of the year, you know, the one that like, you know, if you two put a record out, they'll, them or like Jack White or Bonnie Bear or whatever, kind of that very top level of like indie music that's, you know, NPR type of Got it. cool dad music, you know. Um, I feel like, you know, the, 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 those get nominated, there might be an outlier that, you know, some folks would come in and say like, oh, I haven't heard this. And, you know, it's kind of broke through to whatever the mainstream or whatever. Um, but beyond that, I really, I can't imagine um, that really has much of an influence on anything. What about the Paz and Jot poll? What about the Village Voice end of the year big to do? Did that change anything? Um, the one thing that I remember, not like end of the year list as much as, I mean, this was now going back uh, years and years, but I, I, I had a, a trial run, you know, it didn't end up working out or whatever. I worked at uh, the famous Reckless Records for a day in, in, in Chicago in the loop. And uh, a, a couple of different times during like, the eight hours I was there, uh, people came in with like a list of, because I was also a Pitchfork reader, uh, you know, a list of albums that had recently been named Best New Music on Pitchfork, because that was the the only thing these, these had in common were like, you know, it was like a Tim Hecker record and then hmm. like, you know, a Kanye West record, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, critical uh, end of the year lists or whatever, um, I don't think had as much influence on, you know, actual record sales at the, the shops that I've worked at. That is interesting. I did not expect that to happen. Uh, I have a quick aside about a Reckless one. Records. Mm. Uh, maybe 2007, 2008. I had a bunch of part-time jobs, um, classic, like, overeducated, dumb kid. I think I'm too good for the world. And I was working a part-time job for the Chicago White Sox, a part-time job for a school in on the south side of Chicago, and I needed a third job to, like, fill out. Oh, and I was a doorman, and I needed, like, a fourth job to, like, fill out my, like, you know, pay rent, you know? <laughs> So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I applied to Reckless Records, which would have been my third music store job. And I got the interview, and they were going to hire me. And they said, well, what is your goal for working at Reckless Records? And I go, money. I just I want the money because yeah. it, uh, I know it's easy because it is. And uh, yeah. they're like, do you see a future in you working for Reckless? I was like, do you, they're like, do, oh. do you want a full-time job? Do you want to be a manager one day? I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to be certainly, in and out hope not. as yeah, soon yeah. as possible. And I did not get that job. No, hey, oh, weird. Yeah, so much you know, radical transparency. I actually thought I w- I was very surprised I didn't get that job because I figured like fuck it, man. I've 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 actually had two jobs, but I had the third job I just never showed up for. Like getting a music right. store job is not difficult. I know this stuff. Fuck it. Yeah. Nope. And it was for the Reckless Records in the Loop. That was the one that I uh, I, I had a training day at and was not asked to come back. I don't know. I was like so it was like old. a mutual like this isn't working out for anyone no no i would have came back they just they they do like you know trial day or whatever like almost like an internship or something but you know you're paid but uh i don't know god that's so they, depressing uh, yeah this is all yeah. so depressing it, they, they put uh, they put a very it's, this is like some dumbass high, high fidelity shit or whatever but like there's this rite of passage that i heard about afterwards that like uh now i'm regretting you know doing uh you know my choice or whatever but they they like halfway through your shift um you're asked as the the new guy to go and put on pick out a record from the stacks and and put it on uh for everybody and they they put a lot of weight in how interesting your choice is or whatever what did you put on freaking out i was freaking out i couldn't you know over analyzing it in my head a lot or whatever i just ended up putting on uh grabbing like raw power that's good yeah but no they everybody was like oh fucking this guy you know 
one of the other like full-time employees like yelled at one of the guys that was working the register or whatever because he i guess always fucking puts this record on and why are we you know so and i was like no actually that was me and i guess that i was hoping that was a good look but maybe it was too basic i don't know (laughs) you're still thinking about it um i'm I'm all fucked up about it yeah (laughs) oh that's great what a bunch of dicks yeah um yeah not good not good a few things about uh the awards this year number one I, I feel both old and young, but it's like, okay, so I, I, I love shoes, right? I, I love cool sneakers, and I love cool boots, and I'm women's, men's, it doesn't matter. I'm, like, super into shoes. I don't own a lot of shoes, but I love shoes, and I can appreciate shoes, right? So um, mutual friend of our CG Toledano, like, I have to ask him, like, hey, are these good? Are these stupid? Mm. But also, like, could I? I'm 37. Could I wear these? A good friend of ours, Jack, he produces the uh, the full service radio shows. I'm like, could I wear? You're cooler than me. Could I wear these and not be like a weird dad? So, this is how I feel about Billie Eilish. I love her, but am I just like a Mm. creep dad at this point? But like now, she's doing the song for the James Bond movie. Does that no longer make her cool? Because I think of her as Fiona Apple for now. But is that bad? Like, am I just putting someone in a box? I have no idea, and I know I'm overthinking it. But at the end of the day, I don't really care. Yeah, right. So yeah, you were talking about you you know you're 20, and it's like both the the stuff that's being you know targeted straight for you and your demographic or whatever, but it's also the 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 easy uh, subject of your, your vitriol for them not being cool enough or mm-hmm. whatever, not, you know, acknowledging the right stuff or whatever. Uh, and now you're, you're, here, here we are uh, 15 years later or whatever, and you can be almost like a, a, a passive observer, you know, observe, observing from afar and kind of being, uh, oh, this is, this is nice for you guys, right? Yeah. This is all, you can, you can acknowledge uh, stuff that is for you or that isn't for you, but you can still enjoy it. Um, it, there's a whole lot less pressure when uh, you, you stop being uh, when when you're outside of the, the demographic. I guess. W- would you go to a Billie Eilish concert? Oh, absolutely! I 100 percent would. And I've sent a lot cool. of uh, photographers and writers for British Young Things to cover her. I mean, I remember we covered her first DC show, and she was not expected mm-hmm. to be big, and she was on like third at a festival, and everyone like left after her, and then the next gig sold out oh, yeah. in a second, next gig sold out in a second, and now she's playing like the local arena. So. Yes, I would absolutely yeah. go to see Billie Eilish, and I was completely disappointed with her album as soon as I heard it because it completely <laughs> betrayed the album cover and artwork. Oh, yeah. And then I actually listened yeah. to it a few times and talked to some people, and I was like, you know what? I'm cool. an idiot. J- the, these oh, things cool. don't have to match. Uh, the Naked yeah. Baby doesn't play on Nevermind. What is wrong with me? So, right. uh, yeah, now I, I appreciate it for what it is, vocals. and the fact that she contrib- she collaborates with her brother makes me like her so much more. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, um, and I think the other thing I was just kind of thinking about this more uh, that like I don't know how much interest you really had, you know, in in your teens and twenties or whatever about like familiarizing yourself with whatever like canon of like cool guy music existed mm-hmm. or whatever. And once you kind of get past that point and like you've heard the Velvet Underground records and you've heard all the Iggy Pop records or whatever, you can then kind of go outside. There, there, there's less of an obligation to uh you know be like educating yourself or doing like musical homework or whatever it is and you can just like put on uh you know the billy eilish record or whatever you know more pop oriented stuff or you know stuff that's uh available for public consumption uh more you know well i feel like the guilt for the the, oh this sounds like an old man thing like for the modern teen is gone Mm. yeah that's probably right i hope yeah i hope so too yeah 
Uh, I had a similar. Do you, do you were you in Chicago when Crow's Nest Records was still around? That does not sound familiar. Crow's Nest Records had a loop location, uh, which is currently the DePaul campus. Uh, it was on the first floor. Mm. It was massive. They opened up a second Crow's Nest uh, in uh, the first floor of the Lincoln Park DePaul campus. So I worked there, and I oh, got damn. the job there August 2001, and I worked there until, like, June 2002. So, And that store was only open for a year from, like, September 2001 until September 2002. It doesn't matter. Um, we had a quiz and uh, to get a job there you had to do it was a 200 question quiz to like help out the customer oh, lord and i got yeah. a 195 out of 200 and then it asked you to list your oh, like top 10 records so like i was yeah. already versed in this stuff when i was 18 and i didn't feel like proud of myself i was like i know why you people find this popular and it's just because it checks these mm. boxes i've seen high fidelity i worked in a the movie theater i get it the reason why i wanted to talk about all this stuff is the majority of my life including my current job I think you could trace back to all those like side jobs that felt like scams when I was a teenager. I did almost every single thing for the product, right? Mm. So I worked in a record store to get free records. I worked in a movie theater to see movies for free. This is what oh, yeah. I did from like the ages of 15 forward. That's not necessarily smart. Yeah, I mean, uh, my 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 day job. I uh, am still related. I work for an uh, an agency that that uh, books tours for bands. And exactly. I, you know, a significant part of the appeal is that you get to go to stuff for free. Sometimes uh, you get free concert tickets and stuff. So like that, uh, I'm I'm still I'm still in that. Same, but why why are we so dumb? Because if we had better job, I love my job. Don't get me yeah, wrong. No, but oh boy, it, we we could have afforded those tickets. Uh-huh. And yep. not have to ask for someone yeah. to put us on a list. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know when you decided that uh, that that your 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 like uh interest had to be also your career. But Yeah, uh, I mean like who's why why? It, it makes come? me feel like I don't know if I'm saying like a dumb thing or like a, a super obvious like I don't know what I'm or I'm going with this but like I think you and I are some of the few people that maybe <laughs> we like hitched our wagon to the wrong thing because we like the wagon. Oh, well, yeah. And I'm yeah. afraid that I keep it's a good wagon. thinking the wagon's wheels are going to fall off. I'm trying to not yeah, reference I, wagon wheel right now. But it's, it's, yeah. I don't know if this is like the smartest decisions I've ever made or the dumbest. But either way, it's like the I, one I've made. Absolutely. I think informed, uh, we, we keep referencing high fidelity. Um, the same time I was, uh, before I, you know, figured out that high fidelity is kind of embarrassing and not a uh, way to live your life or whatever. Uh, also very into, as, you know, a 14-year-old boy, uh, uh, the movie Office Space. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, the, 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 you know, so that was very informative where it's like, oh, I could never, you know, go, you know, that, that, that kind of like uh, angry at everything, stupid dead-end job, cubicle drone, Dilbert type of stuff, um, you know, seemed like just the worst, most uncool thing in the world. Um, and now, uh, I mean, I do go into an office uh, 40 hours a week. Um, I get to wear jeans. Um, <laughs> now you're just like routing other bands. And by the way, yeah, this might be the oldest thing I'm thinking about. So I've been under the weather all week, and I've been thinking about this Grammy nomination since we started talking, and I can't imagine touring at 37 and enjoying it. Oh, no, yeah. That's yeah, all. That's the, I mean, the yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of a lot of folks, uh, you know, mid twenties or, or uh, excuse me, early to mid thirties is kind of the make or break point for a lot of touring artists, where it's either like 
you need to get to the point where you're playing venues that will take care of you and you can afford to drive a uh, uh, have someone else drive a, mm-hmm. a giant camper around for you and you can sleep on the uh, thing overnight or you stop doing it because it will kill you so you th- i didn't know we were going to go in this direction but are you willing to somewhat we're not going to tell people where you work or who you work for but you could mm. could you talk a little bit about the touring industry um yeah i mean uh i i, I can i can try okay do you see so you mentioned the early 30s now I'm going to mention a man, Blank Range. I don't know if you ever knew, knew mm-hmm. Blank Range or dealt with Blank Range. Friends of friends. Uh, they've been on my other show. Uh, good guys. I, I worked with them at an old job, actually. There you go. Uh, not directly, but yeah, yeah. They recently broke up. But they, in oh. theory, they had a bright future. They played this like five to six piece like Americana country stuff. They were based out of Nashville. They seem to have wonderful lives, but like you can't really move forward in like life stuff. Like some, some of the members wanted to get married and like have buy a house and stuff. Like you can't, you can do it, but like not one of them was able to just be a musician. They all had separate jobs. So is yeah. that the, like, is there an average age of like, we're packing it in, we're calling it quits. I think it's definitely something exactly like that, where it's like early thirties, you're starting to think about life mm-hmm. stuff. You've, You've been in, in the, you know, nine times out of ten, these people, this has been their adult lives. They, they've certainly had other jobs during this time, but they're, uh, you know, if they're uh, passionate or serious musicians or whatever, they're, they're spending a not insignificant part of their year uh, on the road, be it like a series of like little two-week-long tours or whatever or longer. Um, and that, you know, it could feel like um, to the outside observer, you know, they're like, oh, they got, they played, you know, Pitchfork one year mm-hmm. or they played south by southwest and did the did the cool stuff down there and like it seems there's an illusion of some sort of you know like uh forward motion or uh, you know um consistency in their career or whatever but like unless you're really able to break through uh it's it's just uh the the grind starts to wear on you you know and that's and that's really what it is like a lot of these folks are you know either sleeping in very cheap hotels or uh, with friends uh, at friends houses and things um just night after night and i i think that the romanticism disappears uh pretty uh significantly um for people around that once you start getting up to the more the more grown-up uh phase of of your adulthood can you think of any modern act maybe one that you've dealt with, maybe one that you've seen that has hmm. altered their touring schedule to be more like human friendly. Not, I, I don't want to talk about big bands like your Wilco levels. I mean, like your, hmm. I mean, you're like your side projects of Wilco. Like have any bands just decided like we're only doing uh, four days in a row, no more, no less, or we're only doing two weeks a year and that's it. We're not going to break up. We're just like scaling it way the hell back. And because of that, they're able to draw more. Um, I mean, I think that's uh, the whole model of shellac, right? They oh, that's an interesting. So for out. the people that don't know, shellac is a band made up of, is it three recording engineers or two and a drummer? I, yeah, I think it's uh, Todd and uh, Steve. Um, okay. Are, yeah. So the the non-drummers of the band uh, were yeah. in a bunch of other bands, and they run for electrical Bob, audio. Bob, yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a. I love the band, but they play rarely. And when they play in a city like Chicago, they usually play like the Hideout, and they'll play like four shows over two nights, and right. that's about it. They'll they'll very rarely play Washington D.C. I think they played D.C. last year for the first time in like a decade. But it's this sparingly type of thing. But it's not their career, right? 
So they um, they build a lot of their their touring. They tour Europe a lot because they have relationships with festival promoters out there and, and stuff where they can get these. You know, a you get to travel Europe uh, semi regularly, and that's always very cool. Um, and then also those those like larger festivals when they're able to kind of be higher up on the bill. Um, those also are pretty uh, decent payday in a lot of instances. So it's it's uh, they they really got a nice thing carved out for themselves. So I I wanted to name this episode. Do the Grammys matter when no one buys music? And I still think I do, but I don't really care about talking about the Grammys anymore because <laughs> the older I get, and the more I'm talking to you about this, and the more I'm thinking about music in general. And this might be the like oldest old man thing I've said. The more I understand jazz, specifically improvisational jazz, <laughs> oh boy, I feel like yeah. a bad person. So yeah. it's not my cup of tea, but I worked around it for a yeah. lot of years. And the older I get, yeah. the more I appreciate it. And the more it comes up on playlists, the more I'm like, oh, I'm not going to turn this off. And the way those guys tour, unfortunately, it's predominantly male. The way those guys tour, to me, is the way to do it. Because most of them tour with uh, an instrument that they could either hold and he's mm. like a saxophone. You don't need to worry about your back when you're playing a saxophone. Or they play the house kit, so like they don't really travel with a whole drum set. They just have a, a right. pair of sticks, etc. It's a lot easier to do that, and because they're improvisers, they're usually playing with different people every gig. And that, number one, makes it exciting, and number two, your travel could be a lot easier. So if you're an individual versus a band, it's super easy for me to get from here to like San Antonio on a plane and just do that, and it's like two, three hundred dollars versus me driving with four other people, and it's two or three hundred dollars, and then I got to worry about routing and all that other stuff. I feel like that's the only way to do this, where I'm not going to go crazy, and I'm not going to fall into the mm-hmm. traps of like a stand-up where I'm just at the club all night, like getting wrecked. And it's weird that I'm saying that the jazz lifestyle is healthier than the stand-up lifestyle, but I think you understand <laughs> where I'm going with this. Absolutely. What you're saying is comedy is a lot like jazz. <laughs> Shut. I'm going to kill myself now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, one quick note about the Grammys. Producer of the Year, non-classical. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five nominees. Uh, most of the nominees have four or more uh, reasons why they're nominated. So Jack, An- Jack Antoff, he's nominated for the Kevin Abstract, Taylor Swift, Lana Del Rey, and Red Hearse album. Dan Arbach is nominated for the Leo Bud Welch, Black Keys, Gibson Brothers, Nightbeats, D. White, and Yola album, etc. Phineas is nominated just for the album he made with his sister. That's wow. it. Yeah. Good for That's all. I think we could stop talking about the music aspect of the Grammys and segue perfectly into the jazz stand-up uh, portion of the mm. Grammys. Yes. Uh, do you want to guess who's nominated for Comedy Album of the Year? Uh, I don't Jerry Seinfeld. Jim it's not Gaffney. the worst guest, actually. Uh, what is it? Uh, Jim Gaffigan's on there. Look there at it that. is. Uh, yeah, all right. No, the uh, Aziz is on there. All right. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see, he had, a, like, a cool T-shirt on in the special. <laughs> Remember when he opened his special with, like, a heartfelt, we all learned something, and then we're never going to talk mm. about it again. Right, yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, going to fancy restaurants is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Aziz is a bad person. Okay, so when was the last time you bought a record? Um, I just yesterday a band I really like uh, called Nap Eyes, Nap Eyes, uh, just announced their their new album. I pre-ordered that because uh, I like them a lot, and uh, there uh, I did that. And then um, around the holidays, uh, Chicago-based 
record label, reissue label, Numero Group, uh, did a pretty big uh, end-of-the-year sale. So I picked up a handful of uh, albums from them uh, on the cheap. How many albums did you buy maybe five years ago? Um, five years ago, I was working at a rec- mm-hmm. record distributor. So I would say, I would say um, it was probably more like four or five a month. Okay. So you're buying roughly 52 records a year. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's about right. When is the last time you put on any of those records? Uh, very recently, actually. Good. Yeah, that I, makes uh, me happy. I, 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 yeah, I, I work on. Uh, I, I, it's, it's got to be a um, deliberate act because it's just as easy to go over and plug my phone into the speakers as it is to put a record on. But uh, yeah, no, uh, pretty pretty regularly. I would say several times a week. That makes me very happy and surprised. Yeah. It makes me happy too. Do you think that there's going to be a physical format like vinyls, like CDs in major markets in 10 years, like in Best Buys, in Target, etc.? Will you be able to buy vinyl or CDs in 10 years? 10 years. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if it continues to like slim down into a a, a more and more niche market where it becomes relegated to, um, you know, uh, just record stores or just, um, you know, I guess record stores would be the main, but could Um, that be a good thing? Could that actually be a good thing for the music industry? That's interesting. I don't know if it's, uh, I'm not saying it is because it's like a film industry. Like the, the big blockbusters are the things that in theory fund the indies, but it doesn't have to be that. So pushing, pushing them out of the theaters when everything is, they're showing, uh, you know, uh, Marvel movies uh, 15 times a day on eight different s- screens or whatever. Yeah, sure. Who cares? But those are cool movies. Who gives? Yeah, no, they, uh, uh, yeah, that's true. They're unimpeachably um, flawless. Yeah, yeah. The, the Iron Man. Um, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. has a perfect track record. Let's never talk about mm-hmm. it again. So does, does, does any of this affect you in any way? Do the Grammys affect you in any way? Does the lack of buying music affect you in any way? Um, I think uh, me and my professional career or whatever, um, more yeah. artists are touring more frequently because they are no longer seeing the same uh, stream of funds coming through uh, from uh, physical media. Um, so I think it's uh, between, between music festivals and the lack of, uh, um, you know, Funding coming from mm-hmm. really anything other than live live uh, performances. Yeah, I think I would maybe not be uh, working in the position I would be I am now. Uh, you know, if things went a different way in terms of record sales. So because no one's buying records, there are more bands that are touring, and more people are maybe more people are going out to see shows. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I think I, I think there being more bands on the road uh, make it more available for people to go out uh, more frequently to, to shows for for sure. That's great. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, if if that's your if that's your thing and you're lucky enough to live in a you know secondary or for, uh, uh, you know major market, um, it's it's nice to be able and go uh, see see the stuff you like. And a lot of the times, you know. Um, you get to see older bands uh, that you maybe didn't think you would get the chance to see. Who is an older act that you saw in the last few years that you like, were really glad that you saw and it wasn't sad. Uh, Okay. Um, 
damn, what did I, I'm now blanking on every concert I've ever seen. That's um, cool. Oh boy. I saw Blondie at Riot Fest a few years ago. That was cool. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. I just time. watched Everybody's having a good time. Maybe the worst movie of the twenty tens. Maybe. What was that? C B G B. Oh no. Uh yeah, that's bad. It's so bad. It might have yeah. the best cast of a horrible, like unimpeachably bad movie of all yeah, time. Yeah, they got some cool people on there, right? It stars Alan Rickman. Yeah. Who's awesome. It stars the redhead from Harry Potter as one of the dead boys, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It stars Malin Ackerman, who I love, as Debbie Harry from Wandy. Oh, that's cool. It stars Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters as Iggy Pop. I did not know that. That's it is, very cool. You, It's on Amazon Prime. I highly suggest you watch it. It's Yeah, I'm, I, I'm gonna. I know why it's not a midnight movie at this point, but like... Why? Oh, for some reason, like Donald Logue, who's in it, has a British accent, but Alan Rickman doesn't. It's so bad. That's it's cool. so they bad. Traded. Anyways, I think that's the best way to end our 2020 Grammy discussion about uh, the yeah. 2013 not Tune film. In, folks. CBGB. Sunday, Sunday night, I think. I will not. Will you be watching? I'll be watching who's the gonna, Royal Rumble. Who's going to take home the, the prize? Uh, L- no, let's do quick picks. What's that? Let's do quick picks here. Okay. Um, clearly Aziz is going to win for the, everything so moving on to song of the yeah. year always remember us this way by Lady Gaga bad guy by Billie Eilish uh, bring me flowers now by Tiny Tucker hard place by H.E.R. lover by Taylor Swift Norman fucking rock by Lana Del Rey someone you love by Louis Capaldi and truth hurts by Lizzo I gotta go with my uh, my friend Lizzo on this yeah it's one. gonna be Lizzo uh, if yeah. you want more information about Lizzo's Truth Hurts uh, and you're listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about Google Truth Hurts Lizzo NPR they did a very good story about the debacle of the songwriters mm. behind that song Alma of the yeah. Year I I Bonnie Bear uh, Norman fucking Rockwell Lana Del Rey When We All Fall Asleep Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish Thank You Next by Ariana Grande I used to know her her Seven, Lil Nas X, because I love you, Lizzo, and Father of the Bride, Vampire Weekend, an album in which our uh, resident graphic designer critiquer said is the worst cover ever to be number one mm. on the Billboard charts. Father of the Bride by yeah, Vampire very, Weekend. Very self-consciously uh, corny artwork on there. I kind of, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I got to go with Billie Eilish on this one. I'm thinking like it's going to be Thank You Next, Ariana Grande. D- two reasons. Number one, the tragedy the shooting tragedy that happened, uh, and number two, her connection to Mac Miller. Oh, interesting. So she's going to get I, two I different pity votes. And this is not a knock on any of the records or on Ariana Grande. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if Thank You Next is yeah. the that was, winner. It was definitely between those two for me as well, yeah. Record of the Year, Hey Ma, Bonnie Vare, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, Seven Rings, Ariana Grande, Hard Place, H.E.R., Talk, Khalid, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X featuring Billy Cyrus, Truth Hurts, Lizzo, and Sunflower, Post Malone, and Sway Lee. Gotta go with Old Town Road. Old Town Road's the best song, but I'm going to go with Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Yeah, it's it's either of those, but I, I just would very much like to see Old Town Road take home Grammy gold. <laughs> Here's why I think you're... Ooh... I don't know when they vote or how they vote, but the fact that he's not Lil Nas X is not performing, but Billie Eilish mm. is oh, yeah, yeah, makes me yeah, think that yeah. Billie Eilish is going to win. Clearly, I won't be watching. I'll be watching the Royal Rumble. You got any picks for the Rumble? Uh, 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fantastic. 